What's up, fam? Welcome to Love Alive Church, the podcast, where we exist to help you find family, discover purpose, and change the world. Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. I hope that it's a blessing to you and your family. Let's go. I want to, over the next few weeks, um, the next four weeks are extremely vital. I would not miss it. Amen. I know there'll be football games. There's one today. Uh, if you miss power and authority because you want to see a ball run across the field, shame on you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to just keep it real. That's the only way I know how to be. But over the next few weeks, the level of power and authority that you will mature to because of knowledge will be significant. And I want you to understand before the rest of the month continues, the enemy's job is to put things in your path to keep you from getting this knowledge. Because one of the greatest things that the enemy utilizes in order to exert his plan is ignorance. When you don't have knowledge, you cannot perform in power. Amen. And so the enemy wants to keep you in an ignorant state. Amen. And, and, and when I and I have this in my notes, but I'm going to stop here now because a lot of times we hear the scripture give no place to the devil and we only attribute it to sin. But an ignorant believer is the devil's playground. If you have no knowledge, he can have fun with you. Amen. Now, he has a lot more fun with a stupid believer, amen, because stupidity is to have knowledge and to do otherwise, but an ignorant believer is not what you're going to be if you go to this church, amen? Somebody look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, not at my church. <laughs> look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, it'd be foolish of you to remain ignorant with your stupid self. Come on now, y'all got to keep going. Y'all stopped a little early, amen. But over the next few weeks, so we intended to do this series for one month, and I got to this particular message uh, that began to break down the 16 spirits as are listed in the Bible. Um, because a lot of times when we go into spiritual warfare, we can't war properly against the enemy because we don't know them by name. And so the enemy has a field day because he looks at you and say, you're ignorant, I don't really have to respond, Right. And, and if you don't have knowledge of your authority, if you don't know what you're fighting against, uh, then the enemy can, he can do what he desires. Sometimes we're speaking to a, to a symptom or a manifestation of a spirit and not a spirit itself. Or we don't even have enough knowledge of the spirit we're dealing with, so we're calling out a different one. It's like you standing in front of your child and calling them somebody else's name. They're looking at you like, have you lost your mind? Right. And so you have to understand the enemy. And what we've done, because we have not been trained properly, we've assigned a demonic spirit to almost everything without having the right knowledge behind. It, right. I use this as an example a lot because I want you to understand this. There is no spirit of high blood pressure. I come against the spirit of high blood pressure. It's not an actual spirit. The spirit of infirmity is a spirit that manifests in the way of high blood pressure. So when I'm dealing with the enemy, I need to know spirit of infirmity. I'm taking authority over you. I'm going to do it because the word of God already declares that by his stripes we were healed. And so I got the healing already. I'm announcing to you that you don't have the authority to bring infirmity into this body. 
We have to be trained. We have to have knowledge. And so what I decided, it was just no way I was going to get this, the 16 spirits out in the way I needed to in one week. It's just not going to happen. I'm going to take four weeks to go through this. Can we do this? Over the next four weeks, we're going to go through this week after week. And I'm going to take, take you through four each week so that you can digest it. I want to show you scripture of this. And I want to rush through it because I think you need this. Our anchor verse, and we've been in this, uh, we've been utilizing this the last few weeks in Ephesians, the sixth chapter verse 12. We read this in a New Living Translation, and then we got to pull out that old school KJV. Come on, somebody. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So this is what the word says. Now, sometimes nothing can get it done like the King James Version. Amen. Every now and then you be reading KJV and you be like, I don't know what you're saying now. I'm going to need to hop on over to about two, three more translations before I get you. But sometimes King James had the right way to say it. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so what we established is when the enemy was kicked out of heaven, the first thing that he tried to do was replicate what God had already created in heaven because the devil in himself does not have the ability to be creative. He needs either a model that has been established or he needs your words to live in. This is why you have to understand the scripture when it says death and life are in the power of the tongue. The enemy is constantly trying to get something out of your mouth so that he gets permission to make something happen in the atmosphere. Which is why you have to also understand the battleground in your mind because it's a strategy. The enemy starts with the mind so that he can ultimately get something out of the mouth. The Bible says, as a man, think it in his what? Heart. So is what? He. So the devil said, if I can get in your mind long enough, I can move from your mind to your heart. Then the word says, out of the abundance of the heart. What? The mouth. Oh, wait a minute. So I was in your mind, then I got in your heart. I was in your heart, then I moved out of your mouth. Death and life, but then what? In the power of the tongue. Strategy of the enemy. Mind, heart, mouth. Mind, heart, mouth. Then there shall be manifestation. So for the devil to create something, he either has to replicate something that has, done, has been done before or he needs your mouth to speak it so that he can operate. This is so important. I love this scripture because this gives us the, the basis for understanding this. Because when you understand spiritual warfare, you won't be so fearful when you see demonic activity. Right now, if a spirit were to manifest in this room, half of you would be like, oh, Lord, I'm getting out of here. Why? Because I ain't scared of no demon. Manifest if you must. You getting out of here in the name of Jesus. And I've been talking to devils like that since I was 12. I'm not scared of a devil because I'm not ignorant. Knowledge gave me power. Application gave me courage. So once I had knowledge, I said, oh, I got some power. But once I applied it, then I got courage. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, when a 12-year-old boy spoke to a spirit and said, come out in the name of Jesus. And it went, I felt some authority. And there is an authority that you have to rise to so that you are not so fearful of the enemy. Now, I know most people in the room know that this is real. 
Because that's why y'all be scared on scary movies. And you be calling people over, I don't know, I just felt something in my house. Can you just come over and help me get it out of here? I want to give you some authority so that when you see the enemy moving, you understand how to deal with them. Let me tell you something. The enemy is moving in every one of your lives in this place. He is either trying to engage through presence, oppression, or possession, right? So presence is the least amount of activity. It's just when he's around. He is, what did it say? He walks about like a what? Roaring lion. Seeking whom he what? May devour. Presence is always around. You got to know how to deal with the presence from the start of your day. And if you don't deal with demonic presence, it's not, it won't be too long before it's oppressing or pressing in on you. Now, possession takes a lot of submission from you. If you get all the way there, then you have just done a lot of foolishness, and some people have. And then we got to get you untangled. Now, you know, one of the things I say, one of the biggest ways the enemy is moving, especially generationally, he's allowing our logic to pull us into things that defy the word of God. And the spirit of error, I'll get into it one week, the spirit of error is running rampant in a generation and bringing the spirit of divination with it. And then you're tampering with something. And now you see that you're entangled because you thought that you were getting logic. Ask Eve about it. Oh, wait a minute. You mean that I can know more than what I know? Oh, so God and Adam, they teamed up. They've been keeping something from me, huh? I want this logic. Give it to me. And because of that, and then Adam with his stupid self, come on in. Well, I guess if you ate it, I'm going to eat it too. You big fool. He should have come with a rebuke, and he came and did the same thing. And the struggle that you and I have to deal with is because they could not, all because somebody wanted Logic. Okay, Acts 19. <laughs> I'm going to show you something. Verses 11 through 16. God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles when handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people. They were healed of their diseases. Come on, somebody. What level of power? And evil spirits were what? Expelled. A group of Jews were traveling from town to town casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. Somebody say, no power. No No authority. Ignorant. Because, see, they were trying to duplicate what they didn't understand. So I'm trying to say what I thought I heard, and I'm using a name, but I hadn't got no power. So I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, whom Paul preaches, I don't even fully believe Paul said it. To come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied. Now, spirits are bold if they know you ain't got no authority. I know Jesus. And I know Paul. I envision them saying, but who the hell are you? <laughs> I just have to do it the way I see it, amen? Because we be just talking all dignified. Jesus ain't knowing Paul, and that's not how they talk. <laughs> but who are you? All right? Then the man with it. Some people are like, oh my God, the pastor just say that? Yes, hell is an actual word. <laughs> we got to stop making stuff weird that ain't weird. 
Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and... I don't want none of y'all to get your tail beat. Amen. <laughs> Over the next four weeks, let's get some knowledge, some authority, right? So that when we face the enemy, we are prepared. Now, again, we talked about this. We talked about powers. They're being like frontline supervisors, right? We talked about principalities, how they govern regions, territories, families. They are the, they are the big bosses to the powers. The rulers of darkness, it's weird when you read this, because when you read rulers of darkness in high places, you think they're the high and mighty, but they're really the lowest level, right? So what they do, this is the actual demonic spirit that report to a power, powers report to principalities. We understand the enemy's kingdom now? So when I'm going into a territory or region, a lot of time I have to deal with the principalities in that area, right? And then I'll speak to the powers, but ultimately I want to deal with the rulers of darkness too. But I deal with their boss first, so they know once I deal with the boss, then you know you don't don't even have a chance. So this is the ground level of dealing with the enemy. Today I want to go through four of these spirits so you understand them better. Right? The first one I want to talk about is the spirit of divination. Right? Spirit of divination. This is very, you have to be very careful what you allow yourself to entertain. This is a lot of the manifestations and ways we get entangled with the spirit of divination. When you call in Sister Eve, Sister Eve is not a prophetess. Matter of fact, the next spirit I talk about is what Sister Eve is consulting to speak to you. And if you notice what will happen a lot of times when you call on on a, a psychic, what they'll do first is speak to what has happened to you so that they get credibility to speak to what will happen. The enemy knows what has already happened in your life. So stop being so crazy like, oh, they knew everything that happened to me. The devil been watching you your whole life too. Wisdom is the principal thing. So fortune teller, soothsayer, warlock, satanist, Witch, a Wiccan, Druid, Pagan, I will tell you, with an apostolic anointing and prophetic anointing, which I have both, it automatically attracts people initially that try to operate in witchcraft. Because their thing, witches like to war with prophets. What they want is a power that defines the power of God. But I dare them to come in here, because when they come in here, you are not literally, you could try everything you want to try. This is not the place where you're going to win. Because when I spot it, amen, amen, amen. And there is nothing that you can cast on. I invite you to try it. Because I got power, the real power. So the enemy does this through horoscopes. Rebellion is a really big way. Rebellion is an open door to a lot of spiritual activity. Hypnotists, enchanter, drugs, Water witch and divination magic, all of this. So these are the things that the enemy utilizes to cause this spirit to come forth. And as parents, you also have to be careful what you view as little innocent things with your kids. You better watch this Disney Channel with them. Because some stuff that come on Disney Channel, we say cut that off. I don't care it's on Disney. It is not appropriate in this house. The enemy's slick these days. And he'll have you thinking it's so cute. 
He transformed himself into a, do you know your word? What did he do? Angel of light. So the enemy doesn't always come and say, I am the enemy. He just slides right on in there and then operates the way he wants to operate till you get some wisdom. Acts 16, I want to show you this because I want to show you how the spirit of divination will come around a move of God. It says, and it came to pass, Acts 16, 16 through 18, and it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us in Christ, saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God, which show us unto the way of salvation. And this she did many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. This scripture is important because if you don't have discernment, you will miss that sometimes the same people that lift their hands appear to be honoring leadership, faithful going to church, still be battling something. And that's when you, you have to trust as well. If God is giving you leaders, until your discernment is lifted and elevated, if God is giving you leaders with discernment, don't feel bad about submitting stuff to them. Say, what you think about this? Because I'm going to tell you, when people do that to me, I give them the truth. A lot of times I have insight long before they come to me. But I also gauge whether or not you're somebody that's humble enough for me to give you information. But when you're dealing with this, discernment is key. If you don't pray for anything else, say, God, allow me to have better discernment. Let me see clearly. This is something I used to, when I knew that spiritual warfare was something I wanted to engage in, one of the first gifts I asked God for was discernment. Because if I'm going to war with the spirit, then I need to see what I'm dealing with. So a lot of times, people get themselves entangled with the spirit of divination one of two ways. Either they want a power that defies the power of the Holy Spirit, or they are seeking knowledge void of the Holy Spirit. So either I want power that's outside of what God has established, or I'm seeking knowledge that does not line up with what God has said. Anytime I step out of the bounds of what God has established, I am exposed to what the enemy desires to do. So when you're dealing with the spirit of divination, you have to learn how to bind. I'm going to teach you so these are the notes you need. When you're dealing with the spirit of divination, you must bind the spirit of divination and then you loose the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts into the room. To overcome this, it's important. Second spirit that we want to deal with today, the familiar spirit. <laughs> Familiar spirit, some of the same manifestations, all right? You see all of the different manifestations. I made sure I told y'all this the first time. I'm going to tell you again. Don't go to people talking about, my pastor said, if you're doing yoga, look, I'm not talking about the stretch, amen? Stress, tr- stretch all you must and may. But don't get up in there talking about, hum, num, 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 what are you, what are you humming to? I'm going to do the SpongeBob on your eye and head out. <laughs> We're not about to hum, hum, hum up here today. And so you have to be careful because you, you show up to a little class and it's good. Free your mind. Relax. Open up. Lift your right leg up. 
breathe. Um, nom, 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 nom. Bye. <laughs> when you look up the word familiar, familiar is defined as well-known from long or close association. So for the familiar spirit to work, it has to be in close proximity. It uses close proximity to learn activity that resembles what God is doing. Yeah, so it relies on that. It, what it cannot do is be original. It can't even be a carbon copy. It's more like our version of. Like when you buy that cologne, it's our version of, it just is not the same. You smell like the cologne for the first two minutes, then you just smell like sugar. Amen. That's what a familiar spirit is. It's like our version of. <laughs> this is why you should not want to remain surface level with your walk with God, right? You need him to mature your spirit so that you can be aware of the enemy at all times because untrained believers will often confuse a familiar spirit with the Holy Spirit. So they equate emotional antics with a display of the anointing. Oh, I know a familiar spirit real fast. I told y'all this story before. My wife had a friend when I first met her. And she didn't have discernment then, amen. God was still working on her. She had other gifts of the spirit, but she ain't had discernment yet. She did discern this was a good man and she needed to snatch him up. <laughs> amen. <laughs> but she had this friend and so... This girl, I told her as soon as I met her, I was like, no, 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 no. And she knows, she knows now through the years, but I'm like, mm, something, something's there. And so I told her, and so she was like, oh, no, you just don't know yet. I was like, no, 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 I'm not missing it. Something ain't right. We went to a service one night. She got to praying in the spirit behind me. Ooh. It just, ooh, it just, something. I said, wait a minute. I told her, you're going to have to trust me on this one, but she got to be cut off. You cannot be entangled with her, right? She wasn't in a position for deliverance at the time, and I just told her she had to trust me on that. I don't know. We were about seven months into our marriage. All kind of craziness broke out, and she was looking like, I did not know. She never, no, though, she never seemed that crazy. <laughs> you just didn't have discernment then, but thank God. Familiar spirit, you need, to, you need to get mature so you're not confusing the activity or the display of things that look godly with the spirit of God. You got to know. Deuteronomy 18, verses 9 through 12. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or daughter to pass through the fire or that uses divination or an observer of times or an enchanter or a witch or a charmer or a consulter with familiar spirits or a wizard, or a necromancer, for all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. So a lot of times, the spirit of divination and the familiar spirit team up. So the spirit of divination wants to begin to appear to be a power knowledgeable. What it does is it engages a familiar spirit to bring information that can be utilized to win your confidence that it is 
the true power. So when you're dealing with familiar spirit, you have to bind familiar spirits and you also loose the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts. Understand this, both the spirit of divination and the familiar spirit are in direct competition with the Holy Spirit. They try the hardest to mimic his work. So of all the spirits, these two try the hardest to mimic the Holy Spirit. The third one, spirit of jealousy. Manifestations murder, revenge, spite, anger, rage, jealousy, hatred, cruelty, strife, contention, competition, envy. They cause divisions. If somebody's always causing division, they probably have a jealous spirit that they're entangled with. I'm just going to call it like I see it. And guess what? If it's you, you can get free too. Amen. Jealousy is a powerful spirit that produces some of the most erratic behaviors from people. People who submit themselves to jealousy ongoing will eventually do anything to overcome their feelings of inadequacy, even if it means attempting to destroy you. Be careful about how long you entertain this in your personal life. If you keep it in close proximity, eventually hurt, harm, or danger will be heading your way. So you got to be careful. If you got that friend that they're always jealous of everything you do, eh, we're not friends. I invite you to find friendship elsewhere. It's not here anymore. Because eventually, what's going on in my world is going to be too much for you to handle. And you're going to try to do things to destroy me. And you might not always do it to my face. It's the lies you tell when I'm not in the room. You know what he really said, and none of that ever got said. You just made that up because you want to destroy my character. Because you're jealous. It's in the room today. It's okay, though. If you harbor it in your heart, you may find yourself engaging in damaging behaviors towards others or yourself. So if you deal with jealousy, this is one of the things you want to get free from fast. Because there is behavior that's coming behind it that's not going to be fruitful. Numbers, the fifth chapter, verse 14, I want, to see, I want you to see where this is named in the Bible. It says, and the spirit of jealousy come upon him, and he be jealous of his wife, and she be defiled. Or the spirit of jealousy come upon him, and he be jealous of his wife, and she be not defiled. This whole scripture is actually dealing with a husband who's like having these feelings that maybe his wife stepped out on him. And, you know, he don't even know if she did or not. Right? But I want you to see this scripture because I want you to see this spirit named. Spirit of jealousy a lot of times will come upon you. And the spirit of jealousy also likes to bring the lying spirit with it to convince you of something that is not the truth. So the spirit of jealousy will also convince you because you have a faulty perception of someone else. The spirit of jealousy will tell you they have a perception of you that they've never communicated. Proverbs 6 and 34. For jealousy is the rage of a man. Therefore, he will not spare in the day of vengeance. Jealousy can be fatal if it's not taken care of. If you look at biblical examples of this, Cain and Abel. Cain was mad. He was jealous of what Abel offered up. He didn't have to be jealous. Joseph and his family. This, they, they mad because God showed Joseph where he was taking them. And they mad. Saul and David. 
You got to learn how to get overcome jealousy. You got to become comfortable with where, what God has made you, where he has called you, where he has positioned you. Get happy in your own life. When I tell y'all, now this is not something I struggle with, and I'm not being like, I don't struggle because I promise you I'm comfortable with my life. So I'm happy for you and yours too. But I certainly don't have time to be worried about what's going on with you to the point that it's going to bother me. Most of you ain't getting nowhere because you're too busy looking at the other person. Move forward in your own life. Oh my God, I don't know why I had to spend some time there. But I'm trying to help you because some of you are parked in jealousy because you haven't learned how to move in purpose. So when you're dealing with the spirit of jealousy, you must bind the spirit of jealousy and loose the love of God. So the love of God, love overpowers jealousy. It's hard to really operate in love and be jealous simultaneously. I could never be jealous of my wife. I love her too much. Here's the last thing we're going to deal with today, the lying spirit. My God. Hallelujah. Ooh, Lord. Some of y'all know y'all got some liars in your life. Some of y'all need to get set free today of that lying spirit. Manifestation, strong deceptions, flattery. I am careful of people that's always just flattering all the time. Oh, every time I see them, oh my God, you're the most magnificent thing I've ever seen in my life. Really? Every time, every day? Okay. Superstitions, religious bondages, false prophecy, right? Accusations, slander, gossip, lies, false teachers. You have to understand what the lying spirit is. Lying is not a light or small thing. That's why you, you got to be very, parents, you have to correct this fast in your children. It's not cute. Once they get to be a certain age, you know, you know, it's, we, we lost the cuteness behind that. Now we need you to understand. My parents had a rule in our house. If you lied, you caught a whipping for the lie and whatever you did. So you got two whippings. So you learned to stop all that lying after a while. <laughs> Lying is a major thing, and sometimes, and it's something the devil is the most proud of. The scripture says in John 8 and 44, ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So submitting to the lying spirit is one of the greatest tactics of the enemy. You must understand that the enemy's job is to constantly war against truth. So no matter what he is launching against you, it is to defy truth. He literally, if you think about it, he does not want you submitted to the true and living God, the truth of his word, the truth about your purpose or anything else. He literally built an entire kingdom to defy truth. And when we submit to a lie in any way, we are in the greatest position for him to execute his plan. There's no such thing as a white lie. It's still a lie. White, brown, orange, yellow, red, blue, purple, all of them a lie. We're not even lying these days to protect feelings. How do I look in this dress? That is something else. But I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) 
I had somebody who was about to cook some food one time and I knew it wasn't gonna be good. So I prepared some people up front. I said, now, we can't be lying about this food. So when they come to you and they say, what do you think about my food? You say, look at you. I'm gonna lie to you. I'm try to tear you down. You're not ready for me to tell you it's nasty. Look at you. Be careful how quick you come up with a lie. It is not innocent. And it is a strategy of the enemy to gain ground and territory. I tell these people, there's always a way to tell the truth. You don't have to lie. Was this good this week? Next week, we're diving into four more. This is going to be so good over the next few weeks. I want you to be matured as believers. And so we want to continue unpacking this word. Stand to your feet all over this place.